everyone, and welcome to episode number three of the Who Am I podcast with the Southside Church of Christ. I'm Brian Dill. I'm Jackson Wells. And we are excited to be joined this week by Paul Meredith. Say hello, Paul. Hello. Thanks for having <laughs> me. Happy to be here. Great, great. Paul Meredith is uh, the preacher for the Northside Church of Christ in Temple, Texas. And Paul and I have known each other for quite a few years. I'd say uh, something around 17 years, I think. And I'm excited that Paul has joined us. As we have done with the last couple of weeks, we want to start things off pretty light and have some fun. So Paul has agreed to let us interview him. And I want to say that almost with air quotes around the yeah. word interview. This is, this is not a real interview. It, right. You will not be graded. <laughs> I, I am filled with anticipation and dread. Yes. <laughs> As we uh, hoped. Uh, all right. So I've got question number one for you, Paul. Are you ready? Uh, ready or not. Here we go. Okay. How many times in an average month do you go to Bucky's? Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're probably going to have a fair amount of folks that are like, what's Bucky's? But here in Texas, although we are starting to export them to exactly. other places, Kentucky, right. Tennessee, but right. it started in Texas. But Bucky's is a glorified gas station with really nice bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. So you come to Bucky's and, you know, we've got like a hundred uh, fuel stations. Right, we, right. Uh, and then you go in and it's like a miniature Walmart where there's a shopping area, <laughs> convenience store. Uh, Bucky's is actually just north of the church building. I mean, like a quarter of a mile away. So it's not even that. You're basically next door. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and let me just say, I have tried everything on their menu, you know, just <laughs> once. Uh, yeah. And it's convenience store food. I mean, it's fine to go over oh. and grab a lunch, but I mean, it's not a five star. Well, you know, in case we have any uh, owners of Bucky's listening, it's the greatest right. place. You can eat there you can, and be satisfied. You can fill up your gas tank you and browse a lot of Texas paraphernalia. And you can do people watching. Oh, it gets 20,000 people in and out of that place. Uh, per day? I, You know, the it, there was a piece in the newspaper, Probably and I think it said per day. I, I think it said on Saturday and Sundays. Of course, Saturday yeah. and Sundays. Yeah. And we live – between Austin and Dallas, and so on I-35, which is the busiest interstate in the state of Texas. So our Bucky's right here, uh, centrally located in Texas, on Saturdays and Sundays gets 20,000 people a day. That's yeah. impressive. That's very impressive. Yeah. I avoided well, on those days because yeah. it's too crowded. So you still haven't answered the question. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I do my share. I... <laughs> I don't know exactly how often. I'll go once a week. Okay. But that's, you know, that's the, I've been here six years. I've seen everything at Bucky's. <laughs> I only need to go once a week. But in those okay. early months, you need to go every other day to really get the experience. <laughs> right. I agree. Say, six, six years times 52 weeks is over 300 times, um, which when you say it like that, sounds like it's a lot more than what it actually is. But yeah. <laughs> We might be getting a Bucky's around here soon, which would be right. pretty cool. Supposed to be in this county in 2024. Yeah. 
Well, See? no, I'm I'm confused by that because Bucky's in Texas. It's all the Texas, uh, right? Like uh, Longhorns and core, yeah, and sure. the tchotchkes and knickknacks mm-hmm, come mm-hmm. and take it. All the Texas themed items are featured in Bucky's. So I don't know what right. they're going to put in like a Kentucky Bucky's. I have no idea. The one in Tennessee maybe, in Crossville. Maybe all the Texas stuff. Maybe they're trying to convert you to <laughs> Texas. The one in Crossville has mostly Tennessee-related paraphernalia. So it's just probably state to state. They'll, what is they'll adjust it some. Th- then the question becomes, is it really a Bucky's thing? Right. <laughs> you know, te- we could just uh, call it Kentucky's. <laughs> Instead of Bucky's. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty lame. But <laughs> <laughs> And what would Kentucky paraphernalia be? Like what? Uh, you might blue, have to edit bluegrass horses horses and <laughs> i mean <laughs> yeah i don't know uh <laughs> all right we better ask questions okay, so, too or we're yeah, gonna get through yeah. the interview part um <clears throat> what is your least favorite holiday and why my least favorite favorite holiday for some bizarre reason <laughs> valentine's day came oh, to wow. mind but i'm <laughs> I think love is a central feature of Christian faith. I love my wife. I love my family. Sure. I, I'm pro love. You know, I think love is great. But I don't know. Maybe it's all the sentimentality and the and the or the forced know. sentimentality. Yeah, it, 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 That's it's all about it. money. It's all about it money. Yes, commercialization of <laughs> the commercialization Christian of virtue. Love. Is just off-putting to me. So Valentine's Day is my least favorite. Okay, fair enough. I tell fair my enough. wife I love her every day. Sure. Every day's Valentine's yeah. Day. There you there go. Oh. <laughs> okay. Question number three. Is brisket better than pulled pork? Yes. Now, I, I, I can't I, believe that you have converted. I have a strong yes, I, I believe it is. Now, this is a controversy in our home because my wife we both my wife and I both grew up in Tennessee. Right. We love pulled pork, and she is still a staunch advocate of pulled pork barbecue. But I tell you, the brisket's so good. I have, I have come around to it. Wow! And one of the questions, you know, the good barbecue restaurants you go to here in Texas, they'll ask you, "Do you want that moist, moist, or lean, or thin, or dry?" And the idea is, how do you want it cut with a lot of fat on it, or do you want the fat trimmed off of your brisket? Okay. What do you prefer? I've tried both. I do like moist with the okay. little with the fat on there, and then I just. Either eat it or don't eat it, but I have the option right there on my plate. Okay. <laughs> right. All right. All right. Uh, question number four. What trend from your youth would you bring back if you could? What trend from my youth would I bring back? So now I'm thinking the 90s. So uh, I don't think I want necessarily this great grunge movement to <laughs> again uh the music i like 90s music let's see what trend oh i'm gonna go with this was pre-cell phone pre-internet control pre-social media so okay. uh i would want the trend of the absence of social media to return oh, that would be, <laughs> yeah, i'm right there Which, with you man yeah yeah so if if that's a trend, there was a, right. we didn't we didn't know it was a trend, but it was. Right. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so the the trend of the absence of social media is what okay. I would want back. Yeah. Okay, like okay. Like social reform. I, I'm definitely on board with that. <laughs> okay, so our our last interview question is: 
When Elon Musk begins taking people to Mars, are you going? <laughs> are we driving there in one of his Teslas? Uh, right. Probably no, but I will enjoy watching those that do go there and back with him from a safe distance here on Earth. Right. <laughs> no, I will pass on the trip myself, but will be sh sure to follow those exploits on social media. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, I always do whatever Tw Elon Musk on Twitter tells me to do. You know, vote right. for him, not vote for him. You know, yeah. But what if what if it's a uh, populating the planet of Mars? I mean, uh, wouldn't wouldn't you go there as a like a missionary or something? Uh, as a biblical mandate, you know, <laughs> yeah. multiply, Ooh, does be it fruitful apply? and mu multiply on Mars? I don't remember the on Mars part. Yeah, of right. Yeah, Maybe that's a textual variant that I'm unaware of. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some of the man. If you can find me a manuscript that says be fruitful and multiply on Mars, then sure, <laughs> I'll do that. <laughs> All right. Oh, all right. <laughs> oh, goodness. Now we are into the meat of the week. And um, as we have been doing, we're trying to answer one question uh, about who am I maintaining our Christian identity amid the shifting sands of culture. And this week, the question that we are dealing with is, am I an evangelical? Now, I expect that a number of you who are listening may have heard the word evangelical before, but you may not know exactly what it means. Or you may have even had someone ask you, are you an evangelical? Or is the church that you attend an evangelical church? And you may not know the answer to that question. And uh, Jackson had an experience uh, with this. Yeah, <laughs> This happened to me, and I even asked somebody about it last week. I was I was talking to somebody about the podcast and telling them, okay, this is the next week's episode. And I asked them, do you know what an evangelical is? And they did the same thing that I did, because when somebody asked me that, I was like, yeah, totally. It's just someone who spreads the gospel. And that is an even. You know, I can't even say it right. It's an evangelist, <laughs> right? Um, which, yeah, it, we're, we're all evangelists. And we're trying to you know spread the word. And so... There's a misconception right there off the bat of what is an evangelical. It's not an evangelist. <laughs> well, it could be an evangelist, <laughs> right, as we'll find right. out. Um, but there, there's a there's a common misconception right right there right off the bat. So right, and so that's that's why we thought that it, it would be good to discuss the meaning of this term as best we can, anyway. And I invited Paul uh, to join us, especially for this one, because. I think Paul probably can help us understand this a little bit better. And it just so happens that Paul and I go to a conference that is the Evangelical Theological Society. And so I thought that we could discuss a little bit about, uh, first of all, kind of the the definition of it or or how you might be able to define what it means for someone to be an evangelical. I'll let you kick us off, Paul. What are, What are some things that come to mind for you? Uh, with this term. Well, I don't think Jackson's completely off base in making the comparison there, right, between evangelist and evangelical, because the right. root word is the same. Euangelion mm -hmm. is the Greek term that we have translated typically as gospel. And so uh, a gospelizer, uh, an evangelist, is one who shares or communicates the gospel. Of course, we we have the, the biblical mandate second timothy chapter four do the work of an evangelist and 
So the term historically became associated, I think, with the idea in the 18th century, the 1700s, of a, a movement of, of evangelists or preachers within a reforming movement to emphasize the gospel invitation that folks need to come to faith in Christ, that it's critical to be born again, to have a personal conversion experience. So evangelicalism became associated in the, in the 18th century. Now, originally it was, it was often referred to initially as a fundamentalist, and that term evolved to become a negative thing. But originally it, it started off as Christians who were focused on the fundamentals of the faith, like the gospel mm. and evangelism. It was only later that the word evolved to carry this negative connotation of kind of a right-wing fanatical kind of uh, extremist. And and I would also say that has also happened to the word evangelical, because initially, like the word fundamentalist, it simply was a descriptor of, of those within Christian movements that put special priority upon personal conversion and evangelism and offering the invitation at the end of every sermon and this high regard for biblical authority and this emphasis again on on personal spirituality and the need to make a decision of faith for Christ and to come to faith in Christ and we would say the culminating component of the conversion event is baptism you know right uh, uh, so all of that is wrapped up in in some of those, how, how the how the word started and how the word evolved. Now, it wasn't really until the 1940s and the 1950s and 1960s when the word or the descriptor evangelical or evangelicalism became intertwined with politics. And okay. it became a, a term that was associated not just <clears throat> with conservative Protestant theology, but also... Yeah, it just got bound up in political ideology. So even today, when we hear the term, and we'll hear it on the news and see it in the newspaper, right? A lot of times they're talking about uh, the the evangelical as this American conservative Protestant movement as a right. voter group or a voter <laughs> demographic, right? You know, the we need the evangelical vote, and that's <laughs> very unfortunate how that word has gotten <clears throat> bound up in that. Now, many embrace that. Many religious groups who uh, happily take on the label of evangelical, they will say, yeah, we, we are interested also in being political and, and having influence in that sphere of activity. Mm-hmm. So whenever we try to define the word, it's difficult because it's a moving target it means different things to different people it's not right. monolithic right uh, it's not monolithic it's it's not the same it doesn't mean the same thing to every group that uses it so some people use it and what they really mean what they really mean when they use it is the idea of a of a trans denominational protestant coalition of folks that that vote in a conservative fashion and who wow. are ardent <laughs> defenders yeah. of of and then sometimes it's used it's bound up in reformed theology a uh, calvin calvinistic theology right right uh, in fact some will say well you're not evangelical unless you are reformed in your theology 
And we okay. would not subscribe to that notion, but many Certainly. want to define yeah. it in that way. Right, right. So it's notoriously – it's like that word conservative or liberal. Or, <laughs> you know, if I were yeah. to ask you, are you a friendly church? Well, yeah, we're, we're friendly. Well, you know, how do you we think measure we that? Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. Mean, is, are we measuring that by visitors? Are you taking a poll? I mean, uh, it, it's, it's a hard thing to, to pin down. I think if someone were to to come along and be wanting to know more about, say, Southside or Northside, and maybe even asking questions about Churches of Christ, you know, if they were to to say, well, is your church an evangelical church? There's maybe certain things that they have in mind when asking that question that they're kind of want, wanting to know, right? Would you agree with that, Paul? Yeah, th- this need to label or this need to <laughs> right. categorize, you know, what flavor sure. are you? What type are you? Right, right. You know, give us some descriptive characteristics of who you are so we can pigeonhole you in the framework of <laughs> our experience to see right. if we're comfortable with you or not. Sure. Are you outside the the bounds of, of, of my comfort zone? And, sure. and often we mean doctrinally. Are you doctrinally congruent with me or are you a doctrinal variants that I'm mm-hmm. uncomfortable with. Right. right. Okay. So, so with that in mind, do you think that uh, if they're asking a question like that, would most say that that includes a, a high view of scripture as being God's word? It is, it is from God. It is uh, God breathed as second Timothy three sixteen says, uh, is is that a part of what most people think of as the evangelical side of uh, Christianity? Is that one of the tenets? Yes, I think so. I think there are usually four aspects that are often put forward as the defining traits of evangelicalism or, okay. or evangelical. Right. And, and number one is the need for personal conversion. Do you believe a person needs to be born again? Right. Um, of course, we think of what Jesus said to Nicodemus in John three: "Except a man be born again, right, he, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven." And so, and by that you the, mean that there there is a a change in the person. Uh, is that is that correct? Is that it, yes? Now this is in response. Evangelicalism is also a response to Protestant Christian liberalism. You know, Friedrich Schleiermacher, sorry for mentioning Schleiermacher, but he lived from 1768 to 1834, and he's often called the, the father of liberal theology. And, and those that followed him, they said, we really need to get away from this notion that Christianity is all about conversion and is all about your own spirit. We really need to embrace uh, this more culturally evolved notion of Christianity where our experiences are more introspective. And our understanding of God consists of a sense of absolute dependence upon him. And our mission is not really evangelistic, go share the gospel. Our mission is really um, social justice. And our mission is really to um, reflect the spirit of love that that Christ modeled for us. And so this is couched all in, in the history of theological movements. And so evangelicalism is a response to Protestant liberalism, and they say, hey, we are focused on personal conversion and the gospel message. And so historically, evangelicalism has put a great deal of emphasis on the fact, no, it's about the 
the gospel in the sense that we are sinners and we need uh, redemption. We cannot okay. save ourselves, and it comes from the outside, outside of us. Okay. We, need to, we need God to break in, which he has done in the incarnation and the sending of Christ and the atoning work of Christ. Okay. Yeah. All right, so you said that the, the, the first tent pole or tenet of evangelicalism is the conversion, right? Right, yes. Uh, and, so, and then go ahead. number two is a high regard for biblical authority. Right. Now, these come from David Beddington, who has written a book on this, and others have picked up on what is an evangelical. So I, okay. I'm not coming up with these four. These are kind of the the established criteria that is just commonly uh, – though though they're debated. I mean, again, not everyone <laughs> agrees on these things. But Big shock. Beddington says personal conversion, high regard for biblical authority. Number three is an emphasis on teachings that proclaim the saving death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So a Christ-centeredness that, that Christ's mission was redemption. Okay. And then number four is uh, actively expressing and sharing the gospel. He says that part of being e an evangelical is this urge to to be an activist or to advocate for the gospel. Hey, you need this. You need to respond to this. This is a message for you, okay. personalizing the gospel message and making an imp a passionate appeal for people to respond favorably to the message of Jesus Christ. So now, is, is part of that, uh, do you think that part of the thought process behind the, the need to make that appeal is based upon, one, the idea that uh, we need that redemption we are lost without Christ, and to the fact that uh, Jesus is Jesus is the way. Uh, he's he's not a way to salvation. He is the way to salvation. John fourteen six, uh, the way, the truth, the life. Uh, would you say that that is a, a part of what would define uh, evangelicalism? Absolutely, absolutely. And again, from a historical movement perspective, it stands in opposition to kind of mainline modernist Christianity, which says that we ought not to have that urge because just find your own path to heaven. It may be Jesus, may not be Jesus. And so right. in response to that came uh, the evangelical urge to say Christ is the only way. He is the way, the truth, the life. You, you can't get to God without him. Okay, okay. So I guess then the question is, uh, if someone were to ask you, Paul, are you an evangelical or is the church where you are preaching, is it an evangelical church? Just a yes or no question, how would you respond? We try to be Christian. We try to be Christian. <laughs> you know, I... I, I I don't we don't like labels. I don't like labels, artificial labels applied that are not straight from the text of scripture. And evangelical does have baggage. And so I, I would say I, I am a bit conflicted on this because okay. in one way, from from a certain aspect, yes, we are committed to personal conversion. We do have a, a high view of biblical authority. We do focus on the redemptive work of Christ, 
And that's a message we want to share. So if that's what you mean by evangelical, then absolutely, yes, I'm comfortable with that label. If <laughs> if a label has to be applied, okay. <laughs> However, if you mean by that, are you an ultra-right voting demographic? Uh-huh. If, if that's what you mean, which is unfortunately it, the term has been exploited. And a lot of people are exposed to the term if they watch a lot of news and media today has corrupted the term. And if you mean, am I, are you asking if I'm a Republican or are you asking, you know, do, am I a, of a certain kind of voting demographic or do I have these political positions? If that's what they're asking by the term evangelical, then I'm very uncomfortable with that. And I would say, no, I, I, I am uncomfortable being cataloged in that way because sure. we are called to something higher than that and and we are disciples of christ we are followers of jesus we right. wear the name christian we right. are evangelistic so i would favor it as an adjective rather than a noun okay yeah. I, I like what you said it, it, it's not a term that inherently comes from the bible and so um you've got to be careful whenever you're using terms like that yeah um, man-made terms yeah yeah, exactly right. Now, if again, if you mean, okay, the biblical use of euangelion as evangelist, I am an evangelist. <laughs> I teach the gospel, but so many times that's not what's meant. Well, and, and, and I think when, when Brian asks the question, oftentimes it is to, it's to gauge, like what you said earlier, what flavor are you? Um, <laughs> it, it ra- rarely in, in just casual conversation, is it, is it going to be that, um, the, the Greek word that you just said? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Usually there's a, there's a motive behind the question or, a, or an agenda perhaps. Yeah. So an- uh, answering it like you did is a, <laughs> even it's though the right it, answer. It's the right answer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. It it's is just a loaded term. It's it, just, it, and, it, and right. it can be, uh, so generic that it's unhelpful. Uh, That's true. Or like right. you said, Brian, people that they have an agenda in asking it, and it's not always a a, a favorable agenda. Sometimes, and, and the term is used pejoratively. Sometimes, oh, you're in the, these evangelical the, and often they put the word white in front of it. these white the white evangelical movement in America. Oh man, da, yeah. da, 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 da. and I hear right. that. I hear it on the news. I see it in the paper. And it just makes my brain want to explode because you know it's a distortion of what is a is a good and it started off even as a good term, but exactly. it's just been corrupted. Right. right. And then also, even if they don't mean it in the political sense, some are are using the term to to try to express a certain type of reformed christianity you know that you have to have these what doctrines right okay if you're evangelical what's the list of doctrines that you have to subscribe to in order to be evangelical (laughs) right and i think that's just a a slippery slope that doesn't take us to a healthy place (laughs) so in some ways you could say yes we we meet some of the general criteria of what is an evangelical church but that is in no way a comprehensive uh, description of who we are. Would you, would you say that's that's fairly accurate? Oh, definitely. I think that's a great way to say it, and I think that's an especially 
helpful way to express it because it captures the idea of well yes we we are we do have convictions in the authority of scripture and there are non-negotiable doctrines that constitute what it means for us to be christians and we don't we don't uh equivocate on that but the the term is not comprehensive i mean we have to unpack that right uh, i joke with my wife amanda we have three kids and she has this purse and the joke is hey if you get a cut hey she's got a band-aid in her purse Oh, do you have a headache? Oh, she's got some Tylenol in your purse. You know, uh, do you are you are you have has a major artery been cut and you're bleeding out? She has a tourniquet in her purse. You know? <laughs> she, it's like she can pull baby wipes out of there. She can pull band aids. She she has right. all this stuff in her purse uh, to be unpacked. So that that term evangelical is like a packed purse that you pull out all kinds of things, and and just the term itself you know, is, is insufficient to uh, quantify right. who we are. <laughs> All right. So for those of you who are listening, someone asks you, are you an evangelical? I don't know if we've helped you or not. No. <laughs> Memorize uh, what Paul said. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, we could, we can, we can say to some degree, we are uh, evangelical in the the standards that we hold, but that in no way is, a pigeonholing term or a comprehensive term to to define who we really are as followers of Jesus because as you said Paul the the first thing is we are we are Christians mm-hmm. you know we we want to we want to follow Christ uh, first and foremost okay i think that may be about all we have i don't i don't have, have i don't have anything else okay. I, I said at the beginning before we start recording, I'm going to be mostly a student here. So I think that I was. So thanks for answering some of the questions that I know I had and surely some of the listeners had too. We, we really appreciate you, Paul, uh, joining us today. And we are, are hoping that maybe another day down the road, we can have you back on with us if this wasn't torture for you. Uh- <laughs> Not at all. I enjoyed it very much. Thank you guys for having me. And I appreciate the ministry work that you do, and I'm confident that the Lord will continue to bless you in all your endeavors to honor and glorify Him. So thank you thank for you. your work. Well, and 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 same for you, Paul. I hope everything continues to go well in in Texas for you, even though you have been converted to brisket, which is <laughs> shameful. But uh, whatever. <laughs> I think I'm going to go get a brisket sandwich after this <laughs> at Bucky's. Uh, at Bucky's. <laughs> Sounds like my afternoon is planned. There Thank you, you for the suggestion. I never would have thought of that. Right. That. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, folks, we are, are glad that you have joined us this week. We hope that you have a blessed week. And we hope that after listening to today's podcast, that perhaps you are a little more prepared to answer the question, who am I? Hope you have a blessed week. And we look forward to having you with us again next week. Tune in. Tune in.